Welcome back to Making It So, episode eight. All right, we're talking Star Trek Picard, season three, episode eight, Surrender. I'm your host, Craig, and here's my co-host, Maddie. What's up? What's going on, mate? How's your week been? It was good. It was good? It was good. No elaboration? Well, it was good. Now, oh, okay, well, let's, uh, let's just wait out on that. Mm. This... This week, there's really been no Star Trek news, although, you know, First Contact Day was this week. Uh, um, yeah. First Contact Day being April 5th, 2063, for those that don't remember. It's only 40 years away. Wow, it's the pre-40-year pre anniversary? Pre-40-year pre, pre preversary? I made that up. Did you then. just make a word? Yep. That's how all <laughs> words are made. You make That's them up. That's true. I'm, call, I'm calling it it's the 40-year preversary. Or first contact. Pre-anniversary or is it just pre-versary? I, I've decided pre-versary. Okay, so it's a bit like pre-cum. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> well, the last long. couple we've done have been almost an hour and a half. Um, I was, because of first contact day, though, mm. I was expecting some sort of Star Trek news this week. Well, you'd think it would have made more sense when they announced the the new show, like, last week. Um. Ma- Maybe just held off for like four days until first you know, contact day. I was kind of expecting maybe some sort of news on on that potential show that Terry Metalis has spoken about being Star Trek Legacy. Nah, they don't do anything until this show is wrapped. Well, up. that's so that's what I thought later as well. I was like, they're probably going to wait until the end of this season. Hopefully, it's still got plenty of time to shit the bed. <laughs> Hopefully, there'll be something at the end that says you know, some of these characters will return in Star Trek Legacy or something along those lines. Mm. What do you reckon? Since when were you the optimist out of the two of us? I'm always optimistic. Like, have you not seen my um, life lately? Listen back to last <laughs> week's episode about you going off about Starfleet Academy. Yeah, but Star Trek Legacy is going to, if it does come off, we'll have Legacy characters plus some of the you know, the new kids that we're seeing. I think mm. it's going to be great if it comes off. Well, Starfleet Academy could do the same thing. It'll have legacy characters. Yeah, from Discovery. <laughs> They'll have a hologram of O'Brien still teaching at Starfleet Academy. Well, see, that would be that would be acceptable. See? Yeah, but as I said last week, mm. has to have Booth be there. Maybe they'll, yeah, have to do some kind of weird deep fake thing. Yeah, okay. Um... Anyway, shall we get into the synopsis of this week's episode? Sure. All right, let's... Oh, yeah. Okay, so Vatic forces Picard to make an impossible choice. Deliver what he can never give or watch his crew perish. Their only salvation lies in the mind of an old friend and an old foe. Writers Matthew Okamura, Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon, and directed by Deborah Kempmeyer again. Well, that was all false. Why? Vatic and Picard didn't even exchange words in this episode. She only spoke to Jack and Jack specifically. Oh, yeah, that. Maddie just getting ahead of, ahead of the game. All right, so Maddie and I have just finished watching the latest episode, Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 8, Surrender, mm-hmm. and we get into full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled... Aside from what I just spoiled. Yeah. I've forgotten already. Mine like a goldfish. Gone. Um, yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled, pause right now. Go watch the episode and then come back. If you do yeah. want to be spoiled... We'll be here. We'll, uh, the way technology works, we'll actually still be here. Yeah, you just literally hit the pause button yeah. and we'll just you know, be frozen in time. Yeah, we're like, we're like NPCs in a holodeck. We're just... 
<laughs> and for those that don't understand what NPC is, it means non-playable character. Correct. Because there would be probably some older is people. Is there really anybody listening to a Star Trek podcast by us two nufties who's never heard the term NPC before? Uh, probably. That's a, that's Maybe. A, that's a very skinny wedge on a Venn diagram of people who watch Star Trek. If you don't know, know if you NPC didn't know what NPC meant before right now, please mm. slip into our DMs and let us know. I mean, if they don't know what NPCs are, they're going to know what DMs are. Direct message? Well, I know. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I'm just saying. You pulled me up for using NPCs, but then it's like, well, DMs. If you don't know NPCs, you're not going to know DMs. Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, well, what, what did you think of uh, this week's episode, Matty? I was, surprise, surprise, largely disappointed in this episode. Oh, okay. So can we let's talk about the, the things that I enjoyed. You, the things that you enjoyed. Yeah. Okay, so. All the character stuff. This show is fucking nailing the characters. Oh, isn't stuff. it just? The the Riker and Deanna scene, gold. Worf comes in, had some issues there. But overall, just the the chemistry between them, undeniable. Like it just it's Absolutely. It's perfect. Chef's kiss. The data law stuff. Chef's kiss. And then the beautiful button on the end with new data and Geordie. Chef's kiss. Everything that happened on the bridge was hot, sweaty garbage. Disagree, it but... It did not <laughs> make any sense. All right, so you're saying that it didn't make any sense. Uh-huh. All right, build on that. What do you? Th- what, what, why does it make sense? Okay, In so your first of all, end of last week's episode, we got Vatic monologuing. Yes. And the last line before we cut to black is something along the lines of, I'm going to tell you, Jack, who you are. Mm-hmm. Plot twist, didn't do that. We, we, break, we get into this episode, she's just smoking a cigarette in the chair. Um, what, how, did, how did that conversation end? At what point did she just go, I'm going to tell you who you are. Okay, turn the comms off, I'm going to sit here and have a cigarette. <laughs> like, what happened in between last week's episode and this week's episode? At some point, she ordered all her goons to, like, line everybody up behind her. Like, oh, that gave me massive uh, Negan vibes. That <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for someone to get uh, pole axe. She love. did. She did the most evil thing she's ever done in this episode for me, and that's blowing cigarette smoke directly in someone's face. I'm like, <laughs> she is evil. She is truly evil. Um, then there's that weird bit between Shaw and Seven, where he's like, "You should have blown the turbo lift." Blah blah blah. Trying to teach her a lesson. Only two people, well, including him, they were. They in, came out of the turbo they lift. Ca- him, Vadic, and one other guy came out of the turbo lift. The other fucking ten goons came out of the fucking observation lounge, out of the, the the conference room. Yeah. So blowing the fucking turbo lift would have done nothing. So why is Shaw having a go at Seven for it? Does Shaw no even realise that they, they came out of there? I don't know. Well, I'm he, not. I'm not defending Shaw here. Where else would they have come from? They, they, they were like, he's a fucking captain. He should know his shit better. And the show should know better as well. And he's an engineer. (laughs) And the the chick who directed this episode directed last week's episode. Like it's all been been done as one thing. So it's like he came up in the turbo lift with Vatic and the other guy. They, they beat the shit out of him. We see them become goo after they throw Shaw out of the turbo lift last week. And then there's fucking 10 other goons on the bridge. Where does he think they came from? It's dumb. It's the show thinks we are dumb by doing that. I, I don't. I don't I like don't know. it. Okay, that's fair. Also, who designs a bridge with a fucking view screen that just decides to open up to the vacuum of space and just call it an evacuation hatch? 
I, I, I liked that. That's that is up there. That is I reckon that is like think of when that is equal top of the two worst things Star Trek has ever said, alongside Riker in Insurrection when he said, "Computer, activate manual steering column." <laughs> like what? What we just we've just decided the, the the front of the bridge is now just cargo bay doors, and we're going to call it an evacuation hatch. Where are you evacuating to? The fucking coldness void of space. Ah, see, th- this is where yeah, I have a reasoning for you. So, think of when the Enterprise D saucer section crashed on Viridian Three. There, mm-hmm. you know, H- how do you get out? You know, through the evacuation hatch. You know, walk out onto the top of the saucer. So you're saying a ship that's wasn't built on a planet, mm-hmm. isn't designed to land on a planet. We actually don't know <laughs> if the Titan can land on planets, actually, do we? Well, no, I'm talking, we're talking about the D. Yeah, okay. The D's not designed no. to be to land on a planet. Why? It's They're primarily designed in space to fly around in space. Yes. Why would the bridge, like considering like fucking in Nemesis, the last time we saw these people, half of them got sucked out of the front of the Enterprise E when they the got front of the bridge got blown up. Blown out, not sucked out. Same thing, different hairstyle. <laughs> it just, it, it doesn't, it, it's up there with that, with that weird life deck thing that they were bullshitting about. So there's a life deck, but we've got an evacuation hatch on the bridge. Doesn't track. Oh, doesn't I, track. I, I think I it does. Like it. No. It's just Maddie nitpicking and not being nitpicking. a little bit angry. The, the most important people on the ship... They're apparently, the thing they stare at for eight hours at a time is a door. They're staring at a door. <laughs> Get fucked. Maddie hasn't Get had... I don't think Maddie's fucked. had enough to eat or some Get sugar or something this week. all the way fucked. No, don't try and discount my feelings. <laughs> uh, it was shit. It, it was, was I don't think it was. It was trash. It made no sense. And the fucking... The, the shield generator, the little shield generator ball. Oh, the thing that looked like a fucking grenade. The thermal detonator from Star Wars. Um, okay, so the computer conveniently said, uh, unknown device, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that, that I didn't quite get because like did, short, it, he did, was on the bridge for like 30 seconds before it even detected it. And also, where did Jack get it from? His ship's been destroyed. He's been walking around our ship. Did he just have that ball? Maybe it was in his prison wallet did the he, whole yeah, time. I was going to say, did he shelve it? Is that where he's been keeping it this whole time? <laughs> it's like one of those fucking balls. Oh, the, uh, the Bensu balls is what they're called. <laughs> he's just been walking around with this fucking thing in his prison yeah. wallet, giving him his insides a bit yeah. of a fucking and bit of a feel up. The whole opening scene of this episode was... Just a lot of ensigns. This ship is just full of fucking ensigns. Yeah, well... There's not a single lieutenant commander on this ship. You're either an ensign, a lieutenant, or a captain. That's it. Oh, and then you've got Seven, who's the commander. Everyone else is... All the crew was evacuated back when Roe was there. Well, And they said, we're, were, we're running on a, on a skeleton crew. Yeah, so how, how much is a skeleton crew? Yeah, what's the actual crew complement of yeah, the Titan? Because there was a solid 30 seconds of Vatic just listening to ensigns being murdered. Oh, yeah. But then we still had another 20 lined up in a corridor. Talking about ensigns getting murdered, there was that one ensign that we saw pinned to the wall by a fucking sword. Oh, like a sword through yeah, a chest. Straight through. I was like, damn. That's she could like- have at least been wearing a red shirt. Was she wearing a red shirt? That would uh, be no, I think she was. she was blue. Yeah, I thought she, yeah, I, thought, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was, was a blue one actually. But, but when Vatic, I can't tell. When, 
when Vatic lined all the crew up on the bridge, the, the bridge crew there, that yeah, that definitely gave me Walking Dead and Egan vibes. And I really thought someone was going to get their head caved in. Well, they kind of did. They got their whole body caved in. Well, Taveen. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting Taveen. And as I said to Maddie during the episode, as she got fucking disintegrated, I literally just fo- started following that actress on Instagram. <laughs> So, now she's gone. Sorry to that actress. You're about to get an unfollow because there's now no need for Craig to follow you. I was like, um, oh, yeah, she's got a bright future in Star Trek. Yeah, gone. like talking about, you know, obviously a lot of the fandom are like, let's have a Titan TV show or like you are saying before, the legacy show. And it's like, Tavine is a unique, interesting character. Yeah. She's, you know, part Vulcan, part Delton. Mm-hmm. We've never seen that before. She's intriguing and interesting from the bits and pieces we've seen. Like I would say the two, to me, the two most interesting people on the bridge so far have been her and Lieutenant Mura, the Bajoran guy. Yep. Matthew. Um, yeah. The, the other bald chick with like the weird greeny ridges and stuff. The one the who, comms officer. Yeah. The one who we thought was going to bite it in this episode, but didn't, she hasn't had as much development. Oh, fucking cry face. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, it's weird. It's like you think she's going to get it. And I guess in my mind, because she hasn't had as much development, if she'd, if she'd been the one that was vaporized, you would have been like, oh, oh. But when you're Tavine, it's like, oh, damn, she was so cool. So it kind of sucks that they've wasted what I think is one of the more interesting characters on the bridge. And it's like, well, if there is a, a new Titan show or a Captain Seven show or something like that, it's not going to get Tavine in it. Maybe she just didn't want to keep being bald all the time. <laughs> well, no, she's naturally bald. That was uh, that was that was the reason it came up. Well, I saw, I've seen her with hair, so yeah. No, the, the, we obviously didn't read the article I sent you like week two. I probably did. Um, As I said, mine like a goldfish at the moment. She's the one that came like when she auditioned. Her headshot has her bald. She's typically okay. bald a lot of the time, and it was Terry Metalis who gave her the the um the task to be like okay, well, we're casting a Vulcan. I need you to tell me a reason why we would have a bald Vulcan. And it was her that came up with the idea of her being part Delton. Yeah, right. And it was, her, and then she gave all this information back to uh, Terry Metalis and he went, you're hired. She's a very unique looking lady as well. Yeah. Like, Not saying that she's a bad looking person at all, but she's got quite a square jaw for a lady as well. Very distinct. Well, I, uh, there was at one point, because there was another random dude on the bridge, like in between, um, like, uh, uh, and, uh, Lieutenant is it Mura? The, mm-hmm. yeah, Matthew the Mura. Guy. Yeah, yep. there was like him on the end, and there was just like generic ensign guy next to him. So he like, looked, oh, you're gonna bite it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he looked almost identical to another guy that we saw in a cutaway scene where there's like a bunch of ensigns like curled up on the on the corridor hiding, and then one of the um, changing guys comes up behind him with a phaser. I was like, is that the same guy? Is one of them gonna be like a changing Maybe it's just or whatever? A twin. Um. So it's like, yeah, there's so many like boring generic white guys on the show. It's like we have this cool, bald, half Romulan, part Delton chick. Romulan? Oh, sorry, not Romulan, part Vulcan, <laughs> uh, part Delton. And I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and she's and the then, one that got vaporized. Not even shot, vaporized. Yeah. And didn't get like shot in the chest, like vaporized her from the head. From the head. Like that was like, whoa. Yeah, that's... Um, it is good though that like, I guess, Vatic killing, killing somebody of consequence but not someone of as much consequence that you'd be like, oh. Like, if she killed Shaw, like it, I feel like it would hit us hard. You'd be like, oh, could you really call it a win still if, like, Seven or Shaw got killed? Yeah. I so, guess from a, a writing perspective as well, like, we were sort of starting to get to learn this character and, like, she had a name and she'd had lots of speaking parts and stuff. Mm. So it wasn't as if it was just a, you know, the old Star Trek trope of killing a red shirt. Like, yeah. this... 
this character, Tavine, she mm. had meaning to us. It is the discovery trope, though, where they had that really cool uh, cybernetic chick on the bridge. But she's back. Yeah, but no, the character's <laughs> not, though. They, but it's like, I remember, I remember being, what season was that? Maybe season two or season three or something like that. And it's, you got an episode devoted to her. And I'm like, oh my God, this show's finally going to get good. We're going finally, and we learned so much about uh, how she Ar- ended up like Arium, that. Yeah. Arium, Arium. Yeah. And then they kill her at the end of the episode. And I'm like, oh. Why do we sit through that then? Because it's like... It seemed like a waste in the... Yeah. yeah. And so this... Yeah, it's very much sort of that kind of thing where I'm just like, yeah, like if it was the a no-name ensign on the bridge or even if it, was, if it was Green Ridge's girl, it would be less impactful. So I feel like yeah, it had to be like Mura or Tavine. Um, they're not going to kill one of Geordie's kids. Um, uh, Sydney had better not die. <laughs> uh, ensign so. Esmar, her name was. Yeah, I'm interested to know more about her. Like, I, I don't recognise the species at all. Um, or even if she's, like, part something, part something else. It doesn't even look like a softened version of no, something else. They have... So um, I, I think I, I, did, I don't know what she is. I did see something about what her species is, and I think it's the first time we've ever seen that species in Star Trek ever. Interesting. So, obviously, they're, you know, bringing new species yeah. in all the time through yeah. Star Trek, which is cool. But also, like, the rarity of a part Vulcan, part Delton. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's unique. That'll be so niche and unique in the universe. Um, and now she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Anyway, so yeah, we start, you know, looking through Jack's you know, Jack looking through the crew's eyes through the ship to find out where Vadic's goons are. Yeah, kind well. of an extension so, of the powers. Like his powers seem to be growing each each week. Yeah. We're seeing a little more. And they are they are growing organically. Yeah, and it, it's it's not just like, oh, he can do this now. It's mm. like it's slowly you know, growing and we're learning more and more and more about him. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm liking it, but I'm still I, definitely next week we're going to find out about the red door. Fucking finally. Finally. Uh, but, you know, it's... Something... something it's been that, building up to it, that's for sure, yeah, for a long time. Something that I didn't like, and this is what I was talking about before, like the, the emotional character moments, they're absolutely knocking out of the park. Perfect. But then because... I think because it's this weird mystery that they're just dragging it like it feels like they've really run out of plot at this point and they're just dragging it out to fill out these 10 episodes because like at the start of the episodes like oh we're stuck in here we cut jack like you know reaches out into the corridor and there's the guy's mind who he gets into and then there's like the um changeling there that like kills him straight away oh no we're stuck here we can't do anything but then because the plot needed to they managed to get down to where geordie and data were no problem. We didn't even see them leave <laughs> the science lab and got to, I'm assuming that's the computer core where they are. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. They, that just they got data there, plugged in there. Just got, yeah. So they, they're just there now. No problems. No, no problem getting through all those corridors, sneaking through all the, nah, it's fine. Yeah. I don't like that. That's okay. No, that's fair. Like I, I can see why like, you don't like that. And I think, yeah, it's just one of those things that for the sake of time, they sort of cut it out or just don't, don't put it in there for the sake of time. So. But they've got as much time as they need. I suppose, yeah, we are on a streaming service. Yeah, they can make the episode whatever they oh. want. This this is one of the shorter episodes we looked at. Like yeah, was it 55 minutes, this one? Yeah, yep, 55 so minutes. So there's been up to 59, 60 minutes and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe maybe if they just had gotten um, Vatic to just like just speed up her monologuing just a little bit, <laughs> we wouldn't spend 10 minutes watching her talk, 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 talk. For what I'm assuming at this point is no reason because it looks like she's dead. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, because they they opened up the uh, evacuation evacuation hatch. hatch and you know sucked her out into space or blew her out into space. Yeah, and it's like, and see, then it's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got it stuck in my head now from you. Sure. And then yeah, her body started to freeze in the colder space, yeah. and then she basically hit into the top of the deflector on the strike and yeah. shattered I everywhere. Go I thought so too. Get vaporized something, but she shattered, and so it's like okay from that point. Maybe, like, if you could scoop her up and she could defrost, maybe she would goo together again. Just like, get, like, the cat like fucking, a, the yeah, cat scraper. <laughs> like, um, like uh, the liquid Terminator from Terminator yeah, that's 2. that's what it was know? like. Yeah, you group her all together and, and you know, let her defrost and she'll be Put fine. her in the Bunsen burner. <laughs> yeah. Well, she likes Bunsen burners. They're familiar for her. <laughs> <laughs> Reminder of her. Oh, dark. Torture jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then, seven for no I did not expect that from Maddie. <laughs> Then seven for no reason. The episode just like opens fire and destroys the strike. So you would assume she would have been, you know, blown apart. Like even like the explosion from the strike, she was basically floating around the strike. So like, well, yeah. So hit her as, I mean, unless the explosion defrosted her. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Yeah, the explosions defrosted her. Yeah. all the little bits have come back together somehow. I mean, when when Jack was trying to pretend that his shield generator was a bomb, she's like, "You think that's gonna kill me?" So. Who knows? But I just kind of feel at this point now, well, what was the entire point of Vatic? Like, I don't know. It just kind of feels anticlimactic. Well, we're def- I'd say next week we're definitely going to get hold of uh fucking hand face guy. Oh, Wilson. Yeah. Like, I don't... But then, like, where's he been? What's he doing? Like, what... Because, you know, Vatic's been, like, his henchman to yeah. go around and, you know, torture everyone and... yeah. It kind of reminds me of, have you seen that? Um, it's like a TikTok or an Instagram thing. And it's like someone making fun of the Star Wars prequels where they go. That's easy to do. Um, <laughs> well, they go, Palpatine wanted to kill Padme. So he ordered Dooku to kill Padme. But Dooku didn't want to kill Padme. So Dooku hired Jango Fett to kill Padme. But Jango Fett didn't want to kill Padme. So he hired the Changeling yeah. to kill Padme. The changeling didn't want to kill Padme, so she got a robot and sent that to go and kill Padme. And then it's like, and if you want to get really specific, the robot didn't want to kill Padme. It released some bugs to go and kill, kill Padme. Padme. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like at this point. It's no one like, wanted to kill Padme. If this guy just kind of suddenly rocks up in the next episode and he's been here, like, the whole time, then what are we doing? Like, what was the whole point of that? Like... Vatic had them in episode one and it's just her being fucking bat crap crazy and a weirdo that's taken her this long. She could have had Jack in episode one. She potentially could have, yeah. Yeah, like, like she had him. She had him in the tractor beam. She could have just beamed over her dudes, picked him up, gone over, done. But it's like, it's just the cat and mouse, the cat and mouse, the whole thing with the nebula, which the nebula stuff was great. Oh, yeah. But as I said back when it happened, it's like, she, they like did use the wormhole weapon to use their own torpedoes against them, took out their engines. And then that whole episode, was it episode three or episode four, where they're like, just like falling into the gravity well, Mm -hmm. where they're going to be destroyed. You see in the background, you see the Shrike pull away as it's falling into the gravity well. And then she was just chilling. Whereas it's like- Well, she could have, you know, put tractor beam on, I guess. Correct. Because if the crew hadn't saved themselves- they were going to be destroyed. The ship was out of power. That was when Riker was still in, in command. Yep. They would have been destroyed, at which point Vatic would have failed her mission. 
So really, she never would have actually let that happen. But And this is the problem I'm having with the pacing and the, the action of this show is it's so inconsistent from episode to episode. All the character moments, like of all the legacy characters, are fucking chef's kiss. But... Saw, you have to keep saying chef's kiss yeah. because it's just doing the... It, 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 <laughs> it doesn't so work. It's so good. Like going back to like, you know, episode two or episode three when it's like we spoke about, you know, the the first um, Beverly and Picard scene where they just don't speak for the first part of it, you know? it's like stare at each other. It's so good. Like all of those moments of all the Next Generation characters reconciling have been so good, but then all the other stuff around it has just turned to trash, and I'm so disappointed. Uh, well, speaking of character moments, there was some good stuff there at the beginning between Riker and Deanna on the Shrike. So good, so like, cute, so like adorable. He's obviously there all fucked up, injured, and she's like, you know, patting down his forehead with her sleeve. And she's like, stop being so dramatic. Yeah. And then yeah, I said to Maddie, I was like, I wonder how many times he's going to say Imzadi because you know, we should take a shot every time he says Imzadi and I'm sure we'll get absolutely fucking sloshed. Yeah. And then he calls her Imzadi and then she's like, oh, I wish I'd have taught you another word. Oh, yeah, and then she gives him another <laughs> word. Yeah, she gives him another like word, which was Intaru. And he's like, what does that mean? He's like, she's like baby of immense size. Perfect. <laughs> like just that little jab from Deanna into it was great. Um, yeah, yeah, then they had yeah a bit of a heart to heart, and she said that uh, the changelings came to their house on you know, Penthe, yeah, and they were pretending to be Riker, and she fucked him and ate pizza. No. Well, yeah, she, yeah <laughs> she, and he was like, oh, how, how did how did you know that it 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 wasn't me? And she was like, oh, he was good in bed, but bad at pizza. <laughs> that. That was great. great. That gave me a good old I, belly laugh. Uh, we don't have time for it in just two episodes left, but I would actually love to see how sh- what happened there. Like, oh, you want to see the in the bed and the no, baking of the pizza? That, but it's like <laughs> she does. They do bite back a little bit by saying um, she can't read. She can't really read change. Yeah. Lines. So that's good because it's like yeah, obviously Deanna wasn't like we didn't see her on screen during the Dominion War. I think the closest you could get is maybe if you went back and read uh, that great book, um, Battle of Beta Z. But obviously yep. they're not canon, so it's it's no, fine. You know, that was a good book. Yeah, I remember really really enjoying that. Um, so yeah, I like the fact she's like, oh, I can't really read changelings, um, which is fine. So, but yeah, I'd love to, obviously like at that point, that's obviously when they've captured her, like, and, and yeah. brought her in, but it's like, I wonder how long that took. Uh, when did she sort of figure it out? Like that would have been a great scene to actually see her kind of figuring it out. Um, but then it's also scary cause it's like, well, was Kestra there as well? Did they just leave Kestra? Cause that seems like a, a loose end that these changelings wouldn't necessarily do. So like that, I'm worried about that. I don't think we'll see Kestra. I think they're just like, we're just going to talk about it. I don't think we're actually going to see Yeah, I don't think her, we're going to see it. But, but hey, guess who come and rescued them from the Shrike? Changeling Wharf. Changeling Wharf? That- <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 my, my fake assumption, that it was a fake escape. Because he, st- he stabbed the changeling with his uh, curleth. Yes. And then he phased him. Yeah, but it's like the changeling was like, and fell down when he stabbed him. You can't stab a changeling. Clearly Worf just did. But they're supposed to be more advanced changelings. If whatever they've done to the changelings is supposed to make them more advanced, they've actually made them less advanced if they can be stabbed. And that's why I think, and I've said it in a couple of other episodes, these are our new like 
you know, changeling Jem'Hadar type things. Like, but but they're, they're, they've deliberately engineered them to be not as advanced. But we saw them... We saw her lieutenant, Vadik's lieutenant guy, in the turbo lift with her, and they were both identical. They both gooed up identically. Yeah, but just they can look the same, but they're not the same. But if it can turn to goo, you can't stab it. Why not? Well, Vadik can cut if cut, Vadik can cut her hand off. Yes. To talk to the floating head. Yes. And it reattaches. Yes. So, Wolf <laughs> can stab it in the back, and it will react. It will. It will die. Well, it, it was. It wasn't as if he stabbed it, let it fall to the ground, waited a few minutes, and then shot it. It was like it should never have fallen to the ground. Literally, episode one of Deep Space Nine. There's that weird guy with Nog who throws a fucking pointed mace at Odo, and it goes straight through him. Yeah, that's because Odo's a proper changeling. I don't think these are the proper. Like, not. Well, we're eight episodes in. What the fuck are they? I. I Episode. It's very much implied what they are, but they haven't explicitly said it. Correct, so. which is a which is a, a problem of the show because back in episode four or whatever it was, Beverly, Beverly was dissecting one and she's like, well, I can cut into it and it still holds its shape. It still sticks together. You've really got to cut into it to do any damage to it. And Wolf stabs one in the back five episodes later. That was a big cut with a big fuck-off knife. It's bullshit. <laughs> I'm getting to the point now where I wish they'd never actually touched anything Deep Space Nine and I wish they'd left the changelings alone. Yeah, wow. Because unless they're going to explain it to me, then what the fuck are we doing? Well, yeah, we've still got two episodes left, so let's hope they do explain something and Maddie doesn't, mm. you know, get too angry. Yeah, I'm not I'm not liking the direction it's taking now. It's it's not look, don't get me wrong, it's nowhere near as bad as seasons one and two. It's still, still still light years yeah. above the shit we had to sit through. But seasons one and two, both, well, season two more than season one. Strong, like, episode one and two, and then just slowly declined and got worse and worse and worse. This is on a less of a decline, but it's still... You still think it's on a bit of a... I, I don't think it's on a decline. I think it's like it has its ups and downs more, and it's not on a steady decline. I think next week's the, episode is going to be more of an up the, than the, the week after. The plot for me is on a steady decline. It's only those... It's the character it's moments. those character moments that are keeping me here. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's the, the changeling plot and the frontier days and all that... It's not people, none of these people are making correct rational decisions. Like at the end of the, and it's, and it's, it's just flat out poor writing because the, the writing is forgetting which character knows what. Because at the end of the episode, when. Sorted out Matthew Okamura, <laughs> Akiva Goldsman, and Michael Chabon. Well, they didn't write shit on this episode. <laughs> just, you just blaming Matthew. Well, yeah. You, do you not do you not get how that works? Like, yes, I do. Their names have been on every single episode. I know. Yeah, because they're I executive know. producers and creators. They didn't write a single word of any of these episodes. I don't know. They're just getting credit for it. Mm. Um, like um, Fran and Rebel Zui, Fran and Kaz, no, Fran and Kaz Kazui, they directed the original Buffy movie. Okay, I was, was like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> that was written by Joss Whedon. They directed it. But because of part of their deal, they had nothing to do with the TV show that started several years later and ran for seven years, but they got a credit on every single episode of Buffy yep, that makes because sense. because of it. So it's the same with those guys. Yeah, those, two, those two guys did not write a single word of this script. But so the problem is, okay, so Seven, like uh, Vatic decides, okay, 
I finally got what I need. All you other minions that I don't need to worry about, you will go, go into the briefing room. Seven at the last minute goes, no, I'm going to stay. And she lets her. And Vatic lets her. Now, there was one line there that was interesting that she said. Um, oh, I wrote it down. Um, do, 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 I wish do, I had do, some do, elevator do, music. Do, 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 do. Sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. You know, no? it's, you know, it's a podcast and we can actually just cut this bit. Yeah, out. I don't want to cut it, though, because <laughs> that would require extra work. Good Lord. Uh, Vatic <laughs> says to Seven, how fitting for you to witness this. Yeah. Okay, so seven it, being the only Borg on board. Okay, so which ties into we'll get we'll get to that part of it. Oh, well, we can get into that now. That's no, fine. no, 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 because it's it's going to derail with the other thing I was talking about. So, um, she just lets seven stay because plot. Um, and then, uh, Jack activates his little um shield generator. Yes. Seven pretends like she knew what was going on the whole time because she suddenly has that. It was a great moment, but it was completely unearned. The great uh, aliens moment where she's like, yeah. basically, get away from her, you bitch, but it's get off my bridge. Not your bridge. Not your bridge. <laughs> so she pretends like she's part of it when she's had nothing to do with the whole thing. Um, and then. Maybe Seven had just seen the alien movie and was like, I like that line. Yeah, perfect. And then Savatic so gets sucked out. They close the cargo bay doors that they're pretending a review screen. And then. Um, Shaw comes in. He's, she's like, oh, here's your ship back. He's like, thanks. You take this. And she's like, awesome. Hey, you, fire all weapons and destroys the Shrike. Yep. Now, the big mystery is, what are they doing? What's going on? We need more information. Blah, 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 blah. Do you know what would have been a really, really great source of information? The ship. The ship, the Shrike. There might have been stuff in her quarters. There might have been stuff in the main computer. Now, we know as the audience... That just earlier, um, Raffi downloaded. Yes, I don't know. I don't think she downloaded the entire database because I'm not sure an entire ship's database is going to fit into her tricorder. But she downloaded everything relevant to the room they were in, um, Picard's original body, and what they'd cut out. I will agree with you there. That right there was a little bit of poor writing. All it would have taken is for Raffi to say over the com badges, over comms, "Hey, I've downloaded what we need. Yeah, we've We've got got everything we need." And then Seven goes, pew, pew, pew. Exactly. That is all you need. Um, but it wasn't done. So it's like, yeah, we as the audience knew. Like, because they, they even had a comp conversation. Like, Will was talking to Sydney, obviously not on the bridge, but Sydney was like, yeah, cool. You're, you're cleared for docking, blah, blah, blah. Data hadn't actually taken control of the ship back yet uh, when that happened. Um, what were they docking in, though? They said a shuttle, but like, what shuttle? And it had a... Yeah, it had a cloaking device so as well. Here's, what, is, it wasn't the La Serena. This is the only thing. No, he said it was like the shuttle Emerson or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but like, so what shuttle? Like, so we've not seen it. Here's the only thing I can think of. And again, I'm not excusing it because it's bad writing. But the only thing in my brain I can think of is that last episode when... They took a when Picard shuttle. When Picard got the message from Riker and he knew that it was compromised and he set up the trap where they were. And then we find out that Raffi and Worf um, aren't they there. Went. They, yeah. they just took one of the shuttles yeah. from the Titan. So the only thing that I can think of, and again, the show needs to tell us this, is that they took the cloaking device that we have, the one from the bounty, and put it on the shuttle 
and Raffi and Worf were kind of like just there the whole time, but cloaked, watching everything that was going on. But then at the end, the Titan cloaks as well. So have they taken the Titan, then the cloaking yeah, device again and reinstalled it? Back, it? Yeah, which is like that's a lot of back and forward. And considering you know when we why didn't first they just like take the cloaking device off of the Romulan bird of prey that was you know at the museum as well? So they got two cloaking. Yeah, devices. yeah, exactly. Um, and it's like. That's like when Sydney and Jack were trying to install it back in the episode The Bounty. It was those big problems. But now suddenly, I'm assuming they're just taking it out and putting in this one and nah. then taking it with this one. But it's like Geordie's there, Data's there. <laughs> yeah. Let's engineer the shit out it's of this. It's like, yeah, like the show needs to tell us these things. Maybe Shaw got in there and did it. He's an engineer. Yeah, but tell us these things. Sure. Oh, yeah. He's He's been really integral to this show for the last fucking three episodes, hasn't he? What the f- I don't know why he's here anymore. See, everyone has changed, or just about everyone has changed into the cool away team jackets, which I like. <sighs> don't even, yeah, don't even. Like Deanna's now wearing seconds. one. Beverly's wearing one. <laughs> Worf's wearing one of the wrong color with the wrong amount of pip. Well, the different yeah, amount of pips. He's a captain. Wearing a yellow uniform. I will never, ever, ever accept that. Okay. I will. I get why they did it. We spoke, we had to pause the episode for it. I will. I get it. We had that beautiful scene at the end where they're all in the briefing room. It's, it's you know, it's taking us back to 1987. It's great. Worf, except for season one, wore yellow uh, the whole time he was there because he was head of security. Mm-hmm. But then when he left Next Generation and went to DS9, he switched back over to command and wore a red uniform. And if we're to believe what Terry Metalla said, you know, about him becoming the captain of the Enterprise E after, after Picard retired, blah, blah, blah. He's a captain. Great. You never in any of Star Trek have you seen a captain wearing an engineering or security from the next generation onwards. Yeah, from next generation onwards, you've never seen a captain wearing that division uniform. A just, captain can only be command. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind Geordie as a commodore because commodore's like, isn't it like it's like in between captain and admiral. He's not yes, quite an correct. admiral. He's a commodore. That's fine because back in Deep Space Nine days, and I remember seeing it then and kind of being slightly weirded at it for a second. But then, because there was an admiral who was talking to Cisco, and he was an admiral in yellow, mm-hmm. and I went, "Oh, that's weird." But then he said, "Oh, he was the head of Starfleet security." And I'm like, "Sweet, he's a security officer. He's head of sweet, not a problem." Okay, so that tracks for you. That tracks for me. An admiral, not a problem. We had that stupid Commodore O chick last season or the season mm-hmm. before. You know, she was head of Starfleet security or whatever. Uh, she was wearing yellow, not a problem. But Worf, wearing captain's pips and a yellow jacket, I will never get behind. No, so that that tracks for me. Coming from you know, real world military, every um, every division, every corps needs to have their own you know captains and stuff. So it does track for me. Like just we haven't necessarily seen cool, it before. We're in Star Trek. We're not in the real world. Yeah, I know. And no cap- captains a command division. Captains are command. Even even in the alternate future where Beverly was captain of a fucking hospital ship, she was. What wearing color red. was she wearing? You're, she was you're wearing right. red. Yeah, doesn't. I don't like it. Okay, I don't well, like. That's it. fine. Maddie doesn't like it. He he can have the yellow jacket or he can have the four pips. He can't have both. Okay. They didn't put Data's pips back on. They didn't put Deanna's pips back on. They didn't put Beverly. But if pips they'd have made on. him a Commodore as well, you'd be okay with it. Yeah. If he was Commodore Wharf in a yellow jacket, fine, because Geordie's in a yellow jacket. Yep, okay. And he's working for Starfleet Security. But if you're a captain, you're in command division. There is no other option for you. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Deanna, yeah, she used her powers to dull Will's pain and erase it. That's 
dark. Yeah. Like, and Will was a bit upset about that. Yeah, which is understandable. It's, I'm going to have to go back and watch Nepenthe because I don't know if that shits on Nepenthe or not. I, I mean, don't think it does. I mean, they were shitting on Nepenthe. So it's they were a, shitting it's on a, the planet. Yeah, it's a free-for-all at this point. But I just rem- I don't remember it word for word, but I just remember Picard and Deanna going into like Thad's old room. And it's the moment where Deanna's like, oh, it would have been his 18th birthday last week, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And she said something about... Um, they yearn for him, but every day the yearning is a little bit less. Yes. And then Picard's like, and that must be especially hard for you, meaning because you're a Beta Z, you're sensing them forgetting this this your child that you lost, yeah. which is just an unimaginable oh. level of loss, you know. Um, but I don't. Maybe she she was speaking at that because I do remember at one point she's like she kind of shakes herself out. She's like, let's talk about something else. So she was kind of, and at the time I was like, oh, she just doesn't want to, you know, sit in that grief. But but that, she's taken that on could, that grief from yeah, everyone else. That could track in well to uh, this episode. But I'd have to go back and listen because maybe she was only talking about Kestra and she wasn't talking about Will. No, I think she which, was talking which, about which everyone. Would, which which well, that doesn't then track with. She can't say in, you can't say Nepenthe. He's forgetting, like, you can't say in Nepenthe that, that Will is forgetting Thad day by day and it's hurting her even more. And then say in this episode that she was the she's one. trying to make him forget. You can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, well, in this episode she said that, you know, being a counsellor, she you know, she should have known that you can't skip to the end of healing. Yeah. Which, yeah, is what you know, she was trying to do for for Will. Yeah, it's it's that classic. I, I, it's it's dark, but and you know, an abuse of her abilities. I hate saying power. She doesn't. I always like saying yeah, abilities it's an ability. Yeah, um, it's, it's just it's super is. dark, but it's also it's that thing where you you care and you love for someone so much, you don't realize what you're doing is actually hurting, not helping. You know. And to me, that tracks the way that Deanna and Riker feel about each other. I buy Deanna doing that um, and it causing that rift between them because she just loves him so much. She doesn't want to see him consumed with this pain. Um, but yeah, someone who's been dealing with their own grief, it's yeah, you, you've just got to, you've got to write it out yourself. And oh, process definitely. It yourself. So um, yeah, that was, that was really, really I, powerful. I liked how in these scenes with Will and Deanna, though, they mixed the seriousness with the lighthearted stuff though yes. as well. Yeah. So obviously they spoke about, you know, the, you know, basically her wanting, like having sex with the changeling. Yeah, and no, the you're such thing. a big baby. But then they started talking about uh, Will and Deanna both hating their house and Nepenthe. Like he was staying there for her and she was staying there for him. Like to me. <laughs> like talk about it, guys. That is just a <laughs> communication. That is straight up like just a backhand to whoever was running season one, I reckon. Because it, what did um, Deanna say something about, oh, I hated the house. Look, it was designed by a bunch of, insert words here, hipsters. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn, they are like shots fired. I loved it. It was great. I mean, Nepenthe was like my favourite episode of, of season one. So I'm like, oh, that hurts because they did seem happy there. They did really did seem happy. Uh, de- I mean, they were still dealing with their grief. Um but yeah, I was just like... Just living that uh, simple life. Yeah, but it, I did like the way Deanna was like, I need to get out, I need to experience other emotions, which, yeah, for a, for an empath, totally tracks. She's like, I need to I need to be around people who are experiencing things other than loss. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. They're, I love it. 
they they all end up after that uh, back on the Titan. Mm. Um, Jean-Luc and, you know, all the rest of the guys, they go down to, like, you know, engineering or the main computer area where um, Geordie and, you know, Data Law are there. And, uh, you know, to figure out that they are who they say they are, they make a little bit of a quip about Jean-Luc's wine again. I said it. I just <laughs> said it the other week. Everybody hates Everyone wine. Everyone hates Picard's He's wine. He's bad at making wine. Apparently, he really is. He's like supposed to be commanding ships in, in the... You're not a winemaker, Jean-Luc. You know? Yeah, that was... But this, yeah, the next sort of scene there, we get some great, great moments with Brent Spiner and Data and Law. Oh, yeah. You forget that it's the same guy. Yep. You know? Like, just, he just switches so perfectly between yeah. the two. And they even got a decent wig for his double when you were seeing the yeah. other person's back. I was like, it was a, I was dodging a couple of moments, but it's like, I think because of the, the, like, the environment that they were in, it kind of helped blend those hard edges of the wig and stuff yeah, like so, that. So there's a partition in the golem body in for the brain between Data and Law. And they basically had to lower that partition so Data or Law could, you know, win the battle for the body, really. Yeah. And to begin with, we, we're just seeing, like, Law is winning. Data yeah. is Data is going. And Data is, like, bringing up all these different memories. And he holds, like, a little holographic uh, statue thing of Tasha. And he passes that to, to Law and Spot, you know. Yeah, there's and, a tricorder. Yeah. There was uh, some... Um, and th- these are all the things that make Data who he is as a person. Because, yeah. you know, he's an android, but he's he's still a person. There was... Um, what's his name? Not Dr. Doolittle. What's his name? Um, Watson and... You know, the guy on the holiday? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. That's the name. Yeah, so he had that pipe. Uh, and yeah, the pipe and the hat. And there was a tricorder and a deck, deck of cards. cards. Yeah, so all these little memories that make up who Data is. And he was handing them to, to, to Law. And we're like, oh... Like, Law's going to take all of Data's memories. And then, like, Data's gone. But yeah. then those memories that Law's taken on, they resurface and become Data again. And then Law is gone and Data's back. Yeah. And Data wins. Like, that it's was great. Data's humanity winning at yeah. the end of the day. Well, and it reminds me of a great episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Deanna goes through... Uh, Deanna. Uh, where Jadzia goes through her Jintara and all of her previous hosts are put into other people's bodies so she can talk with her her previous hosts. And um, Kira as... Oh, God, not Emini. Oh, I've blanked on the name there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Kira, as one of the Dax hosts, says, what are we if not a sum of our memories? Yeah. And that's what it really... And that tracks for me. So Data was just like, well, I'm going to voluntarily give you all these memories. Law thinks he's winning and takes them all. And as Data says, you will take them as trophies. And then he's like snuck in the back door and he's like, I live here now. I love it. That was, yeah, that was, that was fantastic. But then when yeah, Data is you know, now in charge of the body and he's having that great heart to heart with Geordie, he's oh, using that contractions. Perfect, that was such a perfect button. He's using contractions. He yeah. is like, he is as human as he's going to be now. I didn't even hear the first contraction that Geordie picked Geordie up on. Geordie picked up on it. Yeah, because yeah. it just did, it sounded like we are. Like it just sounded like, but yeah, we're. Was, he'd kind of gone with it. And I was like, I but then Geordie's uh, like, you're using a contraction. He's like, no, I didn't. And like straight up, I'm like, well, I heard that one. (laughs) But 
Um, yeah, and then I love the moment at the end where, you know, I did think at one point Geordie was actually going to hug Data because he was like, well, I want you to know, I hope you can feel, and I was going to say, this hug. Like, that's what I want. And he does, me. yeah. Well, no, they didn't hug. No, but he does like- Yeah, he does feel. Yeah, he says, feel. I hope you feel how much I love you, our friendship, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, how do you feel? And then Daddy just goes, I feel- Yeah. I feel. I feel, yeah. And that to me is perfect. It's, it's like a perfect button from- uh, I think it might have been Generations when like Geordie at one, I think when they, because that, that's when they, they put the emotion chip emotion in the data. In, yeah. And he's like, how do you feel? And he's like, I don't feel, you know, and because it's awful, it's malfunctioning or whatever. So yeah, I just, it was a great Geordie and data moment coming off the back of a fantastic data law sort of, and a, and a, and a conclusion to their, yeah, so it, their yeah, story. Brent Spiner basically gets to play data again, but a completely different data. Mm. He gets to be more human now. Yeah. It, well, it's going to be a whole new character for him for however long he's going to keep playing this character for. Yeah, yeah. They, they have been a little bit um, cagey around the difference between the Data Golem and the Picard Golem because obviously we're still Well, they didn't mention it was he'd aged as well. So yeah, maybe this one's going to age. But he has the... Yeah, well, he talks about being older and he has the crink in his neck and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he does it too, doesn't he? <laughs> he obviously still has the computing abilities of Data, even though he doesn't have, you know, his, his normal positronic body. He has this weird sort of hybrid body, which mm. I don't quite understand. It's like, because it's like, well, Picard can't do those things in his Golem body, but Data can. But then also Data's still got his pseudo android eyes whereas picard does it so they're a little which i they're I a different model i totally get um but yeah i would like a little more information about that because obviously yeah picard at some point is still going to age and die they kind of set that up with his golem so it looks like yeah um potentially um data's going to get that now too which is great he's he's essentially what he what he wanted from encountering Firepoint is he's a real boy now yeah you know finally yeah so some of the information that Rafi downloaded off the Shrike, they've started to figure out like what's been going on with JL's body, Jean-Luc's body. They've removed parts of Jean-Luc's brain for some reason. Yeah, now, again... So we still haven't figured that out completely? And it's another logistical problem in terms of... Okay, like have we got the body? Or did the body get blown up? Well, no. But we like, don't know. Like, Vatic has the body, well, had the body on, on the, the Shrike... Shrike when she stole it from Daystrom Station, mm -hmm. along with the wormhole weapons and stuff like that, she extracted, or someone on that ship extracted parts that they thought were his aromatic syndrome, tumours, or whatever, whatever you want, it whatever is. want to call yeah. them. Are those tumours still there? Were like, Or did she give them to someone else? Like, if, if Vatic hadn't passed on the information to anyone else... No one's got that information. No one's got information. So it's like, and yeah, it's like, we don't know at this point, did... Did the the away team grab J JL's body and bring it with them, or or was it, it or on did the he get strike blown up on the strike off. again? Which goes back to the whole blowing up of the strike, which was a dumb thing to do just, just yet. Yeah, so I I don't know what they've done with it. Um, mm. I kind of hope that they've still got his body, but I just don't know if there's any mm. reason to have it anymore. But they yeah. they didn't make any sort of a deal about it, like no. at all. Well, I guess, and it makes like. None of us ever thought about after end of season one, none of us even thought about 
what happened his, to his body. What yeah. happened to his old body, you know? Yeah. Picard doesn't seem to care. Just throw it in the incinerator. I think, you know, what did Worf call it? Just an old shell. I mean, yeah. that, which tracks with Klingon's views of death. So that's, that's fine. It's very similar to my own <laughs> views on death, to be honest. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to sort of, I don't know whether they'll touch on it again or whether it'll just, you know, be one of those unanswered questions, but who knows? Oh, there's plenty of unanswered questions in TV anyway. So mm. they, but, um, they did um, just on that data thing too. They, they did roll over his, Geordie uh, said, you know, when they decided to bring down the partition and go, okay, well, it's just, it's it's an all-in fight between Data and Law to see who wins. And Geordie's like, well, Data's ethical subroutines won't allow him to take another life. Yes. And everyone just went, and? And he's like, okay. Like, they just fucking rolled over yeah, that and yeah. just went... The well, interesting we're just thing about the, the interesting thing about that was though that Data didn't take a life. He basically let Law take his own life. He mm. outsmarted him, so he didn't have to take his life, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. It, that was really good writing, actually. Well, I just think they should have just left out the line about the the ethical subroutines because no, no one no one outside of Data's brain knew what he did until it was already done and it was too late. And he told so yeah. they all. Like, like if we were in that situation and it's like, well, the person that we know that's plugged into that machine has ethical subroutines that will not take another life. And we're just going to go, okay, well, we're just going to roll the dice. What other choice? I think um, uh, Geordie's second daughter, the, the one in, in gold, she was like, what other choice do we have? And they just went, okay. So they, in my mind, I was just like, we'll just cut that line out. Alandra. Alandra. See, I'm just like, why not just cut that line out? We, we don't need it then because... Yeah, potentially. You know, but I, I thought it was good. Like it gave me... Me personally, I liked it because it made me think about, you know, how Data outsmarted him. Yeah, or, but but in universe, none of them knew that. They didn't know what was happening. Like it does. They didn't know what was happening in the little dream world. Yeah, whereas inside, we yeah. did. So it's just again, it's just it's just poor decisions made by these people. Mm. Vatic, she seems to know a hell of a lot more about Jack than we ever thought that she did yeah she knows all about like she mentioned about his abilities yeah, she knows about the red door the voices she knows all about that right so yeah, yeah obviously she, i'm picking that her boss knows all about this stuff somehow so because well she but, better because but, she's gone now but jack doesn't know about them no so that's so this i think this still tracks with my my theory in that he has some kind maybe he's a he he's a changeling and I think there's something to do with the power rates. He was oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> um I think potentially he was a changeling that maybe replaced the original Jack or absorbed it because we still don't know whether yeah. whether like you absorb like these changelings are absorbing or replacing because we never saw Vadek's tormentor's body. We don't no, we don't true. know there. Um and he was put into such deep cover, which tracks with Project Proteus or whatever it was. He's put into such deep cover that he doesn't know that he's... Because in this episode, he's flat out saying, I'm not a changeling. I've never changed form. I've never changed form. No one accused him of being a changeling. No. But he's like, I've never changed form. Um, but then, yeah, this, the red tendrils that he's seeing look kind of like the spike that Vadic put through. Yeah. But then I still think it could tie into the genetic material from Picard being some kind of Borg thing that he passed on to Jack. I, 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 I can't reconcile it all in my brain, but those elements still seem like they could they could all work together if you get the Rubik's Cube just right. I feel like they could have worked. If it's a par wraith... There's a, there's a Rubik's Cube oh, sitting okay. up there. <laughs> um, if it's a par wraith 
I said it last week. I can't remember what we said, but if there's a par wraith, I will get up and walk. Well, out. so as the like the door, like you could see through the keyhole in the door, and like it wasn't red behind there. It's more orangey, like flame. It definitely stuff. did look fiery and yeah. flamey. Yeah. So and which is what's making me and the eyes and everything's making me think par wraith. But it's it's all giving those those clues. My my issue that I have is it's like well. Cisco's not coming back. Avery Brooks is not coming back to Star Trek. He said it. He's not coming back. He doesn't even do conventions or the documentaries anymore. He did one captain's documentary maybe ten years. Ago. He's like, I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm yeah, over he's it. Ve- he's very much gone hippie and. I mean, he he always he was, was. always he was, he was always this weird sort of jazz theater yeah. man kind of thing. He just sort of um, march to the beat of his own drum. But it's like even the. Um, R.S. Stephen Bear did that a couple of years ago, the What We Left Behind documentary. Got everybody except Avery. Avery was like, nah, sorry, bro. It's not me anymore. So he made that sacrifice in the in the finale of Deep Space Nine. It's it's him. I think he ended up destroying all the par race, but then the 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 prophet said, come and live in the celestial temple celestial temple with us. Mm-hmm. Um so it would suck for them to touch on Pares and not have Cisco come back, given that you know he abandoned his pregnant wife and his and his son, who was an orphan at this point, basically, who had already lost his biological mother, um, on the station to go and live with the prophets. It would suck that well, you know we would we would even that the Pares are even a potential uh, adversary. Like for for Cisco to make that much of a sacrifice and not completely have destroyed the par wraiths in etern- in Eternium would kind of suck. Well, but you but you're right. The 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 things we're getting could lead to that. The well, red, the red eyes. Is it gold to cut somehow? I fucking hope not. Yeah, because like Mark Alamo, he's still around. Oh yeah, I'm sure he would come back. He would love it. I'm sure he would. Um, but fuck, I hope not. Yeah, I don't, it, the. There's something about the fucking hand face guy. It, it seems familiar. Mm, yeah, but no, you're right. It's just like, oh, like, it, is it him? Yeah, you know, like, oh, it's it's like there. I can't even sort of yeah. voice it well, what it is. Well, it's like we were saying. It's like, oh, you know, a few weeks ago we we're like, is is it is it um, Lars? Yeah, you know, maybe because, it's definitely because, not Lars because Lars think. was played by Martok. You know, so yeah. it's like it's that familiar actor behind it all. So you're right. There is a familiarity to whatever we're seeing. And I'm sure when we see it, it'll be like, ah. Yeah, 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 it'll be ah. But yeah, it's just kind of annoying that we just had this red herring now, apparently, of... of I mean, Amanda Plummer was great. Oh, killed it. Chewed the scenery, but I just... I still want to know, know why it's... Amanda Plummer's like, character of Vatic chose to have like a scarred-up face like that. Correct. I want to know that. Because we see her in, in the other episode when she like... Terry Metallus, I'm going to at you later. <laughs> we'll see if he replies to you. He didn't reply to me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's like because it's I'm the host of the show, <laughs> she's able to imitate other forms perfectly. Mm. But what are those scars? Like, what are those things on her yeah, face? Did, like, did she just do it to? That's got to be know, a choice. Yeah, that she's doing. So, she's doing it to look more menacing or something. Yeah. So yeah, I want I want more answers. And it's like, why did she choose to wear gloves that only have two fingers? And, um, and not like these two. It's like yeah, the last like two. The back, they're cool looking, but. I want to know why. Like, that's that's not something her like her tormentor wore. She that's a choice she made. Mm. Um, yeah, but I just don't think if if she was cha- if she was like shattered into a million pieces and then blown up in the orbit of the Shrike. And I want to know more it? about the Shrike as well. Like, where did that design come from? Yeah, what was like, 
what are the 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 little spiky faced henchmen that she's had this whole time? Yeah. Like we had a conversation before. What are they? Are they, you know were they the the other ten in the in the tubes? Were they what? what? We don't know. Are they yeah, ones that they've made themselves? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah, it's um yeah, it's annoying. One thing that we didn't talk about when um the bridge crew were all lined up on the bridge. Yeah. Sure says again to Seven, Commander Hansen, and she snaps back at him. My name is Seven of Nine. Right, and they wasted that moment. That was such a good moment. Shaw took nothing from that. He didn't because he did it again. He did it again later on. That moment. She needs to fucking smack him. That should have been the, the, what do you call it, the full circle moment to her plot this entire uh, season Maybe it should have been in the last episode. It should have been her standing up to him at some point and saying exactly what she said, my name is Seven of Nine, and him acknowledging that and respecting that. Now, she's done that. It was kind of a wasted moment. I'm sure now at some point, huh, sure. I'm sure at some point, <laughs> sure, will call her Seven of Nine. Yes. But two episodes left. It should have been in that moment. It was, it was. It was inc- it was the incorrect time for that conversation if he wasn't going to honor it. it it'll it it'll be interesting, time. like when he eventually does call her seven. Or well, we're hoping he eventually does call her seven or Commander Seven. Maybe on his deathbed as he's choking on his own blood. Oof, that, that was dark. We're getting into that, but yeah, well, ev- eventually. This whole series is pretty dark. Well, it is. Yes. Oh, just, just not from a lighting point of view either. So. <laughs> Speaking about lighting and stuff, so. Mm. I've seen some good closer pictures of those away team jackets yeah. and they're perforated leather, right? On the shoulders and like chest area. The perforations in them are little Starfleet Deltas. Yes. I saw this. You got me last week. You showed me where I could actually watch the, the ready room stuff. Cause yes. Stupidly, the YouTube channel is not available outside of America. Yeah, yet you can watch it on Facebook. On fucking Facebook. That shows what kind of fucking dinosaurs are running fucking Paramount Plus at this point. <laughs> Um, yeah, I watched that. I watched the Tim Russ one and yeah, I mean, I, I hate that. I absolutely hate it. Really? Yeah. It's so I dumb. thought you would like it. No, it's so over the top. Um, but there was a line. It seems like a lot maybe, of extra work for no reason. Right? You can't see it on screen. Like they, in, in the little special feature, they say, oh, look, we knew we were inheriting the uniform, the standard uniforms from last season. They talk about what a tight skin type budget they're on. Yet they made all these fucking jackets. These cool jackets. Put all these way too much detail into them. It's like maybe if they, you know, saved all that money, they could have built an extra set. Although, hey, two episodes in a row, no 10 forward. Exactly. Happy boy over here, no 10 forward. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like from a distance, the jackets read great. They look fantastic. We all know my my thoughts on the vertical uh, pips. They're hot sweaty garbage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you don't see it on the red and the green slash blue, but you do see it on the gold. Is it's I hate like the extra yellow piping that, that just that one pinstripe that sort of comes. You don't down like it. Whatever. Just have the solid color shoulders, and that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Okay. But obviously, we don't see those tiny little deltas. You know, viewing it. Even on it my just, giant just, fucking TV, we yeah, don't see it. <laughs> it just gives it a really nice... But apparently that's on the duty uniforms as well. The normal everyday duty yes. uniforms have it as well. Yes. Um, which is, again, it's just a, such an unnecessary touch. Um, but it does give it great texture 
on the show. Like those jackets do look very, I mean, it is weird because they're supposed to be brand new, but they already look very worn and oh, lived in. And maybe someone's going for an Emmy for costume design or something. I, I think the guy is. I think the guy is. Because <laughs> yeah, there was that moment right at the end too, like when they're all, in, like now that like Deanna and Beverly are both in their sort of blue green versions and the wolf's ring, the yellow one. The only detractor I had from that whole scene of them sitting in the briefing room is looking at Bev- uh, looking at Deanna. I just wanted to go and blow the hair out of her eyes. Uh. It's like comb down and just the ends of the hairs are just literally in her eyeballs. Yep. That would drive me nuts. Oh, well, so drive me nuts. Deanna, she hugs everyone, hey? That's so She's sweet. so nice. That's And that, to me, that tracks for Deanna. Like that's... Yeah, she's this, that empath. That this empath is the woman that, that for the first five years that she was on the Enterprise D was like getting around the bridge in like lycra and a flowy dress and stuff like that. Like she's a hugger. Beverly's a hugger. A uh, Beverly. Deanna's a, hu- a <laughs> hugger. Um, so no, I love that. That was such a great moment. Yeah, there was some really, really great character moments. Um, yeah. When they're sitting there in the ready room at the end... Uh, Worf saying that uh, he wanted to send heads because he missed he missed them all and wanted to send heads, but he realised it was too passive aggressive or something. Well, someone informed him. Yeah, someone informed like, him it was too passive aggressive. Him? Maybe it was Roe. Maybe Roe informed. Him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you and I are going to disagree on this. Okay, send it. But I didn't like what they did with Worf in this episode because to me it feels like they've they've ignored his growth on Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um. If you go back and watch the where he quote unquote rescues uh, Riker and Deanna from the the changeling by stabbing a goo person in the back, um, he then like almost just like professes his love for Deanna. Basically, like oh. he's just like I've I've counted the days until I've seen you. Blah blah. And then Will was like, "Oh, hang on." I mean, he does that anyway because when he talked when he saw Picard a couple of episodes ago, he says, "Oh, we haven't seen each other in." 10, I think he was just stirring Will. Ten years, four days. Blah 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 blah. But again... 10 years, the, 4 months, 5 days. Yeah. So he counts the days anyway. So I don't know why he's professing that to you. He talks about, oh, I've thought about you in all my things and blah, blah. And to me, because later on we see Worf in his yellow uniform, they're obviously hearkening back to as many member berries from Next Generation as they can. And to me, it felt that, that like they were trying to harken back to that weird thing in Season 7 where Deanna and Worf were like they went on date. dating for a little while. Um, but it ignores Insurrection where like Worf's like... You guys go like this. This you guys feel have always had these feelings for each other. Go forth like this planet just let them out. Jadzia was the love of his life. Jadzia mm. will always be the love of his life. Um, so I just I just felt like it dishonored her memory a little no, bit. No, I, I just think he was stirring Will because they've always got that banter backwards. And m- they, normally, it's coming from Will towards Worf. But they don't in this series. That's the thing, though. It was established when Worf joins them on the Shrike. Riker is poking fun at him like his normal thing and Worf's giving him, giving him none of it. Yeah. And Riker has to go, hey, we used to do this. We haven't had any resolution to that conversation yet. No, I think that's what this is. I, I was like, that is Worf coming back at him. I, that's what I think that's it is. That's something you resolve in one episode, not four episodes later. Not not yeah. in this kind of storytelling. I don't know. Um, I just think, I just think, yeah, it, it dishonours um, Jadzia. Okay, fair enough. Which I mean, she's been treated like trash in the Star Trek franchise since her death. Anyway, like she didn't even she didn't even make the finale montage. Of she chose to leave. No, she didn't. <laughs> they didn't renew her contract. They fired her. <laughs> well, then she ended up on Becca. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. But she didn't even make the montage at the end of Deep Space Nine when there's that beautiful sepia montage of everybody remembering all the things. None of Worf's memories were of Jadzia. No, 
They were of him and Martok, and then one of him and Ezri hanging upside down uh, while they were taken prisoner by the Breen. Mm. Anyway, that episode finishes out with uh, Deanna having a bit of a counselling session, you know, slash chat with Jack. Mm. And, you know, she holds his hands and she starts to feel like the red door and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the red door starts to open and then, boom, cuts to credits. Jerks. Like, at least we got that scene. There was, yes. There was the moment in the briefing room where Deanna said, I think it's time I met your son. And there was this giant swell of music. And I'm like, these fuckers are going to cut to black and play the credits. And I'm going to riot. <laughs> but then we did actually get the scene of them two sort of talking and stuff, which I, which I quite enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I just want some resolution to this bullshit. It's been dragging on and dragging on and dragging on with Jack and the red door and his abilities and blah, 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 blah. I'm over it. You got any more you want to talk about on this episode, man? Uh, one thing, or well, two things actually. Okay. Um, when Jack enters the bridge and Vatic is still there. Yes. She calls him baby boy. Yes. And then he responds with, my mother taught me better manners. That just made me think, you know. Oh, okay. That, I you know. Yeah. She's, you know, so just, there was this weird, she calls him baby boy. Then he references, you're not my real mom. Beverly is, you know, it was just this weird subconscious, like subtle thing. That, that I yeah. just pricked me and I went, ooh. But given that, that Vatic knows slash knew um, so much about Jack, no, more than Jack knows about himself. You're thinking um, that maybe she somehow created him? Yeah. He's, was, he's, you know, that, that, that's an just interesting... Just leaning into my theory that maybe he was one of those goo guys on the shelf and doesn't know it, you know. Interesting. I don't know. So that was just something that sort of pricked my ears up. Because TV shows are known for doing little things like that. Yeah, You don't yeah, pick up on them till the end. Breadcrumbing. Just little breadcrumbs yeah. on the way through. Um, going back, I guess this ties into, you know, Wolf... Uh, stabbing the changeling, which I didn't like, is then later on, there was a great Raffi scene where she does hand-to-hand combat with a sword. Oh, yes. But that again, was excellent. But again, fighting with swords with a bunch of changelings who decide to stay in their humanoid forms um, to allow her to, like, stab them for then Worf to come in Instead and actually Instead of just going around them. them. Yeah, they could just do whatever they want. So that kind of bugged me. And then the last thing I have is a slight fan theory. Ooh, so... After sort of everything's resolved, I think it's it was yeah, it was in between the briefing scene, briefing room scene at the end, and the Deanna uh, Jack scene. Mm-hmm. Big swell of music and a big ship porn shot of the Titan and very insurrectionish music. That it's been a big thing. You spoke about it. I haven't seen the Enterprise F. We yes. know the Enterprise F is going to be in this show. We've only got two episodes left. Yep. And apparently it's being decommissioned. Apparently. They're all back in their uniforms. There was this big swell of music as the Titan, uh, or Titan A. So do we think, this is just a way far out there theory, yeah. do we think at the end of this show, Starfleet's going to go, you know what? We're not going to decommission the F. Y'all can have it and go have some adventures. Oh, that would be amazing. And then suddenly it's it's the TNG7 in their uniforms on the bridge of the... You know, in the same way was it... What did they do with Kirk? Remember when, like, he thought the Enterprise was destroyed and then suddenly like, here, here's one we prepared earlier. Here's a new one. And gave it to him and he's like, second star to the left and away we go. 
are they going to pull that? Given that Terry Metalis is obviously a hardcore uh, TOS fan and he's been bringing in so much, you know, Vatic for all intents and purposes for a long time part of this was calm, basically. Is he going to pull that moment and they're going to get the F at the end? Given Also given that Geordie is the head of the... Um, the Starfleet Museum. The museum where all the ships go. I mean, maybe the F didn't qualify to go to the to the museum or not. Maybe Who the knows? F's inside. Yeah, maybe there's... A, but given that... Because they, they did mention Bay 12 and we still don't know what Bay 12 yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my theory. Maybe at the end of the show, if everyone survives, um, they'll get the F. I Yeah, see... I don't think, just purely because of their ranks and all that sort of stuff, I don't think it would work having them all, you know, on the F together. They're also very old. <laughs> there they are. But what would track for me is, say, Worf ends up, you know, captain of the F again. Mm. Because, you know, it seems like in-universe he potentially was the captain. I know on Star Trek and Line he was the captain. Well, yeah, and he's wearing captain's pips in this episode. So, so he is a captain. Um, Geordie... Somehow, I don't think he's going to end up on the Enterprise F. He will go back to the Starfleet Museum with Alandra. Well, yeah, he'd have to take a demotion. You know, he's he's a Commodore, so yeah. he's, he's he's he out he outranks Riker. He does, and I, I actually yeah, wow. I've got this feeling that Deanna and Will, you know, because they spoke about wanting to go back to like the city and all that mm. sort of stuff, and they miss people and stuff. So, you know, are they going to start adventuring again? You know, come back into Starfleet full time. Oh, that would be a that would be awesome. Mm, actually, maybe I would those, like that. Those two in data will get will get the F. Well, yeah, like in like some of the books and all that sort of stuff. At one point, Data is the captain of the Enterprise G. Wow! So <gasps> you know who's really going to get the F? <sighs> captain Harry Kim. Nah, he's got to come on. He, he may get one of the shuttlecraft from the F. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, Harry, this is yours. Tuvok's a captain. Come on, Harry. Give Harry a ship. Is Tuvok still alive? Yeah, we still got any resolution to that. Hopefully we get some resolution. We that would be good. Fucking better. Like at, at the end, I just I want that little bit of resolution to see if Tuvok is still alive. Like I don't want that to be left as a dangling thread. Yeah, it has has to be a has to be a line in there somewhere saying he's been found alive or or whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, this episode on IMDb as of right now, mm. it has a rating of eight point nine out of ten. Okay. With five hundred and seventy one votes. I think yeah, I think all the the data lore, Geordie stuff. Uh, and the the Deanna and Will stuff, I think that's earned. But yeah, the other stuff, nah. Yeah, like one thing that this show is actually really doing this season three is the character moments. Yeah. The little bits of character development, all that sort of stuff, it is brilliant. There are a few little things which Maddie especially doesn't particularly like, Mm. um, which they may have messed with canon a bit. You know, changing a few things here and there, but it happens with shows, especially yeah. shows that have been I mean, running for sixty plus years. It's, I mean, it's it's not going to affect any rewatches of DS Nine Voyage for me. It, it, no, it won't. It, you know, it hasn't ruined anything. It hasn't ruined my childhood or anything like that. I mean, you know, Picard season one and two did a bad enough job of that, and that it, that doesn't bother me. Like, it doesn't affect me watching First Contact or Insurrection or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, this is obviously what it should have been, but also a show called Star Trek Picard with the entire Next Generation crew never would have been made in the first place. So, 
you know, you the whole idea. They the pre- needed to have the yeah, whole crew. The premise of the show was it's going to be Picard with a new bunch of people, uh, and that's how Picard got made. So it's like this is essentially, yeah, like the 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 preversary episode um, <laughs> season of Star Trek Legacy. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll spin off Legacy from this, I think. <laughs> but the the worst thing I think, apart from that hot mess that is Discovery. The, the worst thing that they've done with Star Trek over the years is the JJ verse. Like it's, I understand why they've done it mm. to bring in new fans and stuff, but it like the ships in it, like I saw a size comparison of the ships the other day, the JJ verse enterprise is bigger than the enterprise E. Yeah. It's dumb. Like just to begin with, like as a fan, like, and I know you and I have spoken about it after we'd originally seen those movies. We're like, why the fuck is this thing so massive on the inside? Yeah. It's got like 30, big 34 giant, decks or something. There's just big giant gaping holes everywhere too. Like there's just empty space yeah. in the middle of it. Um, so, yeah. Like, no, I think that also came at a time where there was this weird thing where the movie rights and the TV rights to Star they were Trek different, were owned yeah. by two different companies. So they so, had to make certain things different. Yeah, yeah. Like the the movie people couldn't have made a Next Generation style movie because they weren't allowed access to those characters. But somehow they Whereas, were still allowed access to Spock. Like the like because, Leonard Nimoy. Because that, yeah, that was, it was a weird sort yeah. of thing, separation and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, like... But anyway, back back to my point there. Like, yeah, 60 years of, of Star Trek lore, they've, you know... Things change. Things are a little bit different. Mm. We, you know, canon sometimes gets, shall we say, messed up a, a bit or a little bit, you know, yeah. sometimes massively. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, not everyone, I guess, has seen every single episode. Even these writers, they probably haven't seen every little bit of Star Trek. Mm. So they're making but, things up as they go. Yeah, which is the dangerous thing. That's why you're safer just creating a new show with new characters. And they did it with the Titan. They did it, you know, they put Tavine and Moora and, you know, Sydney LaForge. That's all great. That could have been its own show. Um, but, yeah, it's when you butt yourself right up against stuff because you want to bring in an established audience, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you cross have your to respect and dot, and dot your eyes. You have to respect the, the fans, but you also have to give enough that it's going to bring in new fans yeah, as well, yeah, which correct. I think is what they did try to do with the JJ-verse. Um, and yeah, to an extent, yes, they did. They they succeeded. Like, they did. Yeah, there's still every now and then there's hints that this fourth movie is going to get made and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's been a lot of that going on lately. But yeah, then, doesn't... yeah, they just... I think, yes, I know, harking back to Discovery again, but Discovery at the start there, I was like, which universe are these... Guys, in yeah. are they in the JJ verse? Are they in our current Prime universe? Are they in the Mirror universe? Or the, it turned out they were like well, well that certain part was universe, yeah. yeah. And then like, but are, is this like their own little timeline thing? I think yeah, they've tried to make it so they are in the Prime universe. Oh, they absolutely are. But all right, it just doesn't track for me the way no. that they've done it. Like they, it it wasn't set out nicely at the beginning. Yeah. And it's just failed. It's also, and I know a lot of Next Generation fans, is, there was actually more, I didn't realise this, but there's actually more hate for Strange New Worlds than I thought. Yes. Uh, from the the original series fans, because at some point, especially now, especially with, um, I only learned about it after we saw the museum in, in the Bounty episode, where we saw the, the New Jersey, the, you know, the Kirk era 
um, constitution class, constellation, yep. constitution, NCC one nine seven five, something like that, seven five, seven nine, seven three, seven five, no, anyway, seventy five, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, so now people are saying, okay, well, now it's canon that at some point the Strange New Worlds Enterprise will get refitted to look like Kirk's Enterprise. Yeah. Because obviously, like, A, next uh, original series exists, and also, like, in Next Generation, in Relics, when Scotty comes back, we go to that bridge, and that's the bridge. And then in DS9, for the 30th anniversary in The Trouble with Tribbles, Dax and Cisco and Bashir and O'Brien are all on that bridge as well. So that bridge exists in in canon, like in canon. Across yep. now. So a lot of people are having issues with that. I'm I'm not a, as big a fan of original series, so it doesn't bother me as much. No, but I can see why people would have issues. In the same way, I have issues with what Picard is doing to uh, DS9. Um, yeah, I can see people yeah, well, having having issues. There's with it. little updates here and there. Like yeah, you've even just got to look at you know Voyager that we saw the other day or last week or whatever it was. Mm. Like there's updates to the whole of that compared to, you know, the Voyager TV series. Oh, yeah, like how the Aztec was all much yeah, more pronounced it was different, compared yeah. to, yeah. So, yeah, because that ship realistically would have, you know, been torn to pieces by, you know, Starfleet intelligence and Starfleet engineering. Well, yeah, and, definitely yeah. didn't have all those Borg uh, <laughs> armaments on it no. uh, that it had in Endgame, so... so. Anyway, we really went off a uh, little bit off uh, on a side tangent there at the mm. end. All right, that's uh, season three, episode eight, uh, surrender of yeah Picard. Yeah, two episodes to go. Two, yeah. There's a lot to really punch out in this last. There uh, really is yeah, two hours or so. Mm. Yeah. Unless the last episode is going to be like ninety minutes or something, who knows? That, that would be okay with me as long as they wrap up all the little threads that they've yeah. got. Please don't shoot the bed. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it will. Um, and, yeah, I just hope at the end we see something that says, yeah, these characters will return in Star Trek Legacy. It's not the MCU, buddy. They're not going to do that. As much Have as you not as seen the stuff? Yeah, as much as they're trying to do it. <laughs> Star Wars is doing it too. Anyway, Maddie, where can we find you on socials, mate? Uh, on Instagram, at HighPitchMaddie, H-I-G-H-P-I-T-C-H-M-A-T-T-Y. And you can find... You full eye contact for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it in my soul. Uh, anyway, and you can find myself at Geek in Camo on Instagram. And if you're an older person like myself, and I say that as a 38-year-old, you can find me on Facebook as well. Okay, boomer. <laughs> anyway, girls, guys, and Janais, that's us. Week. We will see you for the second last episode. The penultimate. Which is called Vox, which is Latin for... The boy or vo- voice, the voice behind the door. So I, well, it's either that or it's the face guy, a face hand guy. No, he's a face, not a voice. He's also got a voice. Well, everyone's got a voice, but some of us have got more of a voice than others. God damn. <laughs> he presses the button to make Maddie stop talking. Bye. Get into geek.